Hi, welcome to this Property Life podcast. My name is Mark Winship. I'm a property investor and mentor, and each week my friends and I talk to inspirational people who are achieving extraordinary things in the world of property. In this episode, I'm joined by Ryan Rogers. Ryan moved to the UK from South Africa and started investing in property after struggling to get a fledgling design business off the ground. Ryan amassed an impressive portfolio of buy-to-let properties in a short period of time to achieve financial security for himself and his family. He is now also investing in HMOs and taking the first steps into the world of serviced accommodation and holiday lets. Ryan's background and story are so relatable, but the energy and drive that he's thrown at growing his property business are nothing short of extraordinary. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's hear now from Ryan Rogers. Morning, Ryan. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Great to have you on. How's it, Mark? Thank you very much. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm all right. Thank you. Yeah, enjoying the sunny weather, which makes a change. It's baking yeah. hot here. I don't know if it is where you are. Up in You're up in Scotland, I assume, aren't you? Um, yes, it, it, it's been pretty good, so can't complain, you know, for Scotland. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, absolutely loving the weather at the moment. Um, you know, we've had the kids out in the sun, and yeah, it's been good. Fantastic. Good stuff. Okay, well, I'm really looking forward to to getting into this and learning a little bit more about your journey and how you started out in property and what projects you've got on on the moment. I know you're a, you're a very busy man, so I'm looking forward to hearing all about that stuff. But um, what I thought we could kick off with is um, a, a little birdie told me that uh, when you first started out in in property, you were you hit the ground running, right? You you were rattling off buy to lets on average, kind of one a month when you first started out. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, that's that's kind of you know um, how we got going. Um, you know that was that that formed the the basis of our our, our investment model. Um, so yes, we, we we did. We we moved at quite a quite a pace uh, initially, um, and like you know, like you said, it, it an average of of a one buy to let a month. That was kind of what we were at on. Um, you know, I actually went back at one stage to 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 look at that to make sure that that was true. You know, because I was saying that, and I thought, you know, let me let me just believe it. I need to make sure that I'm, that I'm telling the truth here, and it and it was. Um, you know, when I, when I went back to through my calendar and looked at all our completion dates, yes, they were coming in like little little clumps. You know, maybe two, three at a time. Um, that we then had to then you know kind of consolidate do those refurbs and get those up and running but but when i looked at that first you know 11 12 months of 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 our property journey that was um that was on average we were we were picking up one a month um you know to start with um but with that you know we you know for everyone listening we had to raise money very quickly so so we we were able to do that and um that that obviously really helped us um so so that's why we could move at that kind of speed um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how we got go- going. So what? That's a lot to take on when you're first starting out. You know, you like I said, you really did hit the road running there. So mm-hmm. what was the what was the driver behind that? So maybe just take us back a step. What you know, where where did you you know what was your background pre property and kind of how did you find yourself in a situation where you know you're you're, you're really scaling quite quite quickly? Yeah. So. Um my background is product design or industrial design you know that that that's kind of you know the, the background i come from and uh my wife my wife's actually a le- she's got a legal background um so so both of us were working extremely long hours especially myself 
Um, and, you know, sitting, sitting at work until, you know, two, three in the morning, very often, um, you know, then having to, to get home, get a couple of hours of sleep, go back. And, you know, that just seemed like the, you know, the life um, and, and it seemed like the norm at the time. Yeah. Um, and then my, my best friend moved over to Sweden. Uh, so, you know, originally from South Africa, he moved over to Sweden and um, he started a little design business there. I bought into the business um, and we wanted to get closer to that because we thought, you know, we can do it ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and yeah, so we, we moved over to the UK. Um, my mother-in-law's Scottish. So we came over, you know, moved over to Scotland, used this as a base. And um, unfortunately, just because you can, you, you've got the skills and stuff, then does, doesn't mean you can run the business, you know. And we made a lot of mistakes initially. Um, and um, yeah, so unfortunately, that didn't quite work out. And I found myself kind of being a freelance designer, having to pick up little clients here and there, uh, working extremely long hours. And especially when you put your own name on something, you know, you, you, you tend to put a lot more effort into it because you want to get it 100% right for that client. So you're, you know, you, you, you spend way more hours on, on something than what you actually bill for. Um, and and with with a lot of the, the products I was designing, you know, you do you've got to build the presentations and do the renders. And those renders can take hours to render, depending on the level of detail you go into as well. So I remember one instance where, you know, I, I pulled an all nighter because I was using a graphic designer at the time. And he, the, the stuff he sent me for the packaging design, I didn't quite like, you know, it wasn't what I asked for. So I ended up doing that all myself. So I ended up having to to work through the night for the client uh, to get it right. So yeah. So so when 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 we looked at it, um, I realized that the the time that I was billing my clients was um, was not quite accurate. You know, I was actually working for well under minimum wage just because of the amount of time I was putting into it, but also the amount of time I wasn't spending with my wife and you know. Um, it, it just wasn't wasn't healthy so um so yeah so so we got we got up and running very quickly with with the property stuff and um we we were also in a position where uh we found out my wife was pregnant so you know not not long after we started so that was a massive drive for for us yeah. you know to for me to try and uh replace my income uh with 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 some you know with income from the from the from the actual buy to lets mm -hmm. uh, initially and um yeah so which was which was amazing because when when my son was born and my wife went she, I mean initially she went on maternity leave but when she went back to work we we sat down at that stage we'd, we'd built our portfolio of buy to lets we'd, we'd built that base and you know she loves her job she wanted to go back to her job so absolutely fine um, but the nice thing was you could see it took the pressure off of her and she works four days a week so she went she dropped a day so she doesn't work on a Monday. Um, so she got she's got a bit of a long weekend, which is great. Um, and uh, that that afforded her to also spend some time at home with 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 my son. And uh, and then we made the decision that we would only send him to nursery two days a week, and then I would look after him for the other two days. And as you know, with with kids, Mark, you know those first two two years um, are very important. You know, in building you know, those bonds and relationships and stuff. So um, so we were very fortunate uh, that we had we'd got into that position yeah uh, so from from working these extremely long crazy hours you know to to you know going down to three days 
you know a, a week was was incredible and and we've now been able to do exactly the same with with my daughter um you know my, my wife's just come off maternity leave again and we've decided to do exactly the same this time around um so thursdays and fridays are my day with her you know and can spend it with her take it to the park soft play when those open again um, yeah so so that that, that that was really the big driver um so yeah so huge huge life change in a relatively short period of time then you know i'd imagine the the prospect of pulling those all-nighters and working those ridiculous hours and essentially missing the first few years of your your son's life was was pretty yeah. scary right uh, you know i can imagine that was a really strong driving force for you yeah, no, 100%, you know, and that's, you know, your, our why changed drastically initially. Like I said, initially, it was just to replace my my income. But, you know, now it's obviously to build that legacy for for the kids and, um, you know, to give them something, you know, when they grow up to to um, to do so, you know, if, if, if they if they choose to that that is, you know, so. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was it was a big change. And, you know, that, that was me working for myself. I obviously realized, you know, that but um even even working for someone else your time isn't your time um and like i said i was still working those kind of hours um even for someone else um i remember just before i left uh my job in in, in south africa we i remember working on a project uh for a big big client and once again we were we were doing that with that for for almost a week solid um the only time i saw my wife was over breakfast in the mornings because yeah. um, i was you know and we we won you know we, we won the pitch um, on on this big uh, you know job that we were working on, and um, there, there's there's a famous little uh, like a pub in in Durban called Billy the Bums that we always used to go to, and uh, we we used to do a beer and burger my friends and myself you know uh, like once a month and I remember we went I, I I got there the one evening just after we had this crazy week of, of work and there was you know our project manager you know the, the the design lead one of the owners of the business they were all there celebrating this pitch that we'd won and guess who the two people were that they didn't invite it was myself and the graphic designer so you know you you just realize you know that you're just not valued and underappreciated mm. underpaid for what it was we did and change needed to be made for sure isn't it funny that you can look, I'm exactly the same, that you can look back in hindsight and pinpoint almost specific moments when your mindset started to shift yep. and, and, and specific triggers. I've got, I can pinpoint meetings I had or, or whatever it was where, I, you know, I can look back on that and go, yeah, that that's when, I may not have known it at the time, but that's when things started to go in a different direction. Totally. You know, you, you kind of get to that crossroads and you you got to make those decisions. So, so yes, no, I, I totally agree with that. And um, fortunately, fortunately, we, you know, we, we've worked with, with good people. And, and one thing I learned along this journey too, is to tap into, into, you know, coaches and mentors that can help you along the way. Um, that, that's been, that's been a massive, massive part of our journey. Uh, the reason I say that is, like I said, just, just because we could do the design work and we'd worked with massive clients and, you know, I mean, I've got an amazing design portfolio. Don't get me wrong. And I've, I enjoyed doing what I did. Yeah. But the, the financial reward at the end of the day was just not there. Yeah. Um, and, and as you know, the one thing we don't get back is time. We've just, 
mentioned that, but, um, you know, so, um, yeah, it's just, you know, making or having got to that point where we, we'd failed in our business that we started, mm. we had people that we could tap into. Yeah. And we, and we didn't, you know, we, we got family members, like just, just as close as, um, you know, when, when I talk family, I mean, like immediate family, my father, you know, he's, he's been very successful in business. We could have tapped into him, my friend and myself. We could have used his knowledge, leveraged that um, to our advantage. And we didn't. We thought we knew more than we did. And unfortunately, you know, it, it didn't go according to plan. Um, so this time around, realized that that, that, was, that was what we needed. And, and we were very fortunate. You know, we worked with, with Nick Clayden, um, worked with Sean Thompson, Mark Dalton. And, you know, um, and we have now also tapped into some of those family members that have been close to us um that that have that have supported us along that journey um and it's been it's been an amazing uh experience you know and it's, yeah. it's really helped leveraging them so so yeah 100%. yeah absolutely that's really interesting and I, I was going to ask you about that because you know what you achieved in a relatively short period of time and the fact you're still growing and scaling i mean that rarely if ever happens by accident um and you know it's i, I i'm assuming you know, what gave you the confidence to do that? I'm assuming you must have invested in your education, you know, when, when you got started in that process. And what would you say the role that education played in, in you being able to to grow the portfolio and make the changes that you, you have managed to make? Um, th that was massive, uh, in all honesty, because, you know, coming from a different country with a different climate, with different, you know, different types of building techniques with, with, with houses and you know, we, we, we're not used to, or we weren't used to gas central heating, you know, we were used to air conditioners. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, it, it was completely different. And then coming from a, I suppose, you know, my ego got, got knocked because of, because of the business that failed and losing money there. Um, you know, I think we, the, the education played a massive role. We, we realized that we needed it and we wanted it. We wanted to work with someone uh, that could that could help us along the journey, um, but obviously you you those doubts creep in, you know, um, and and you just think I've just lost money, I've uh, just had a business that fails. This needs to to succeed, um, and once again, just tapping into the right people, asking the right advice to, you know, talking to people that that have also learned and and been successful in business, and um, you know the best. At that stage, was we, we we paid a lot of money for our, our property education, and but I remember making a phone call, um, and you know the person we spoke to just said to us, "Look, wouldn't you rather spend that money, get the education, get a mentor, um, then go do a a bad deal and lose even more money because property is not cheap. You know, if if you do a bad deal, you can lose a lot of money. So, and I think that was that was really the mind shift that yeah. we needed that we needed to hear that. So, you know, so we dived in and thankfully, you know, we, we put everything into it. Don't, don't get me wrong. It took a lot of hard work uh, too, but we had the support around us, you know, the network around us. We had, we had people we could, we, we could tap into. And uh, I mean, that was massive for us. That was a big change. Yeah. And that's a really interesting way of looking at education, isn't it? Because I yeah. know when I've been asked in the past about, you know, how much we've invested in our education and, you know, I'll quite quickly try and flip that question to well let me tell you how much i've saved through my education exactly you 
and, and what what that's what the mistakes that that has you know and it's like it's having a mentor working with a coach you know getting educated it's like scaffolding isn't it basically you yeah. still got to go out there and build the thing you've got to go and do the work but you kind of know you've got that scaffolding that's kind of just supporting everything holding it all together and you can lean on that and you know if, if you need anything along the way so it makes a massive difference no, exactly. And, you know, like I said, my confidence was really low at the at the time. So so having someone there to just, you know, tell us, yeah. you know, what to say and how to how to go about it, what to look for. Yeah. I mean, with, you know, within a couple of days, just spending some time with with Nick in the field, yeah. that changed drastically. And, and then having him to, you know, that, you know, someone we could call on um, a couple of weeks after after we got going, I, I was asked to to look at a portfolio of nine buy to lets, you know, yeah. um, Obviously said yes, didn't know what to do, got in the car, phoned Nick straight away and said, look, what, what do I do? And he could just talk me through that and just, once again, just give you that confidence, just, you know, put put your mind at ease. Um, and, and, and one of the things was, you know, because he'd been there and done that, um, when, when, I, when we sat down with him initially, I said, look, you know, from once again, just from a confidence point of view, I'd lost some money in a business, you know, that I, that I started and... Um, I'd love to just make that back just to say that I've made it back. And and when I told him how much it was, he just looked at me and went, oh, you can do that in one flip, you know, and it was, he was so calm about it and stuff. And I thought, yeah. okay, um, you know, <laughs> but yes, uh, we had to go out and, and obviously implement everything we learned. And um, you really had to put that, uh, that, that work in. And, and for us, what, what really, you know, laid the foundation of that was consistency you know, yeah. and, and that's the one thing I always tell people uh, in, in this um, is be consistent in what you do. It's you know, it's it's massive. So um, when when we worked with uh, with with one of our other mentors or coaches, uh, Mark, he he got us to read uh, the Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. You know, and uh, that's all about just doing those little consistent actions. You know, over time, which then gets you closer to your goal. Yeah. And I mean, obviously that ramped it up massively, but we, we gave ourselves a good tap on the back because of that, because what we did was um, we just made sure that every single night before we turned a TV on, before we did anything, my wife would get back from work. Um, so we'd have dinner, or we'd go to gym, whatever the, the case was. We, we'd make sure we we get that out the way. And then we, we, we got on right move, did some area analysis, ran numbers, you know, picked out some properties that we wanted to go do viewings on. Um, and, you know, th that that really changed things. I mean, you, because it was just practice it, it, and then it becomes like second nature. So um, and and we just, like I said, area analysis, got to know the area very well, tapped into our power team that we were building um, and just made sure we were we were out doing a good 10 odd viewings every single week. Um, but it was consistency. We did something every single night. Um, you know, and, and that, that helped massively. Yeah. That's such a good point. Um, do you remember your first deal? Tell us about your first, your first project. Yes. Um, it was, uh, so we, we actually got an offer. It, it wasn't quite accepted on our, on our mentorship with Nick. Um, you know, we, we found, we found a deal on there. Um, <clears throat> I, I went back and, and, you know, there was a bit of negotiation in, in, in that one. So, so, that one actually only went through as our third deal. So we actually, you know, but once again, you know, because of just because of the time that it took to, to negotiate that one, but we found that one on the mentorship, but not long after I was, I managed to pick up one um, in a, in a little town outside of Glasgow called Airdrie. 
Um, yeah. It's just our kind of our standard bread and butter type of deal. Uh, four in a block, you know, these 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 little flats. For, it was a two bed ground floor flat. Um, they they value up at about the, at, at, at currently about sixty five thousand, you know, um, and sixty sixty five for a two bed. And um, yeah, we we picked that one up for about forty. Okay. Um, but we we did we did over um, spend on our on our first refurb um, as you do. Uh, Your baby, uh, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You always always find when you go into you know new you know we're chatting to you you know about uh, the current strategy that we're running with with service accommodation, which is obviously your yeah. uh, forte, but. You know, um, and we we've actually decided this time to just take it slow on 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 this one, just because you know that we, we always dive in headfirst. You know, especially with the buy to lets, and when we got into the HMOs, we did exactly the same. You know, we didn't just do one and see how it went. We kind of picked up two straight away with with, with HMOs yeah. left too. So, um, so yeah, so we did kind of over uh, overspend a little bit on that on that first first refurb. Um, I think we spent about. 12 to 14 on that one, which was way over. Um, I think if, if if we were doing that project now, knowing what I know, mm. I'd, I'd probably be well under eight grand on that one easily, you know? Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, we, we put blinds up, you know, which is something we, we wouldn't do now. We I, I even went and bought like little handles for some of the doors because they didn't look right. <laughs> um, but yeah, we stripped wallpaper, you know, which which once again in a buy to let, we, we didn't need to. The wallpaper was fine. We would have just painted over it. Um, so yeah, so we, we we kind of learned the hard way. It took us, I'd say, two or three refurbs to kind of really get get, get it sussed. And I mean, we're really efficient with our refurbs now. So, um, but once again, it was a good learning experience. Good, you know, I, I don't take that um, back at all. Um, that's that's how I've learned. So. But like, and like I said, this time we've decided let let's actually just take the, the foot of the pedal. We don't need to rush rush this yeah. one. Um, we're doing this holiday let, and we're just making sure we you know once again I'm sure we'll we'll become more efficient at them as we go. But we, we'll just we'll just make sure that we're getting it right first. And with the buy to lets and the HMOs, I guess I'm assuming you worked with. Did you work with the same build team throughout so that they get to know your model and, and your cookie cutter and the, the kind of spec that you're looking for? Um, so initially with, with our buy-to-let model, our buy-to-let model and our HMO model, um, they're actually in two different areas uh, just because HMOs, they, they work in Scotland. They, you know, they can work absolutely fine, but you've got to be you know, very specific where you buy them. Um, you know, they've very limited in, in areas and also properties, you know, like in England, you, you get your terraced houses, you know, those old Victorian terraced houses that work wonders for, for HMOs where, uh, for, yeah, for, for your HMO model. But in Scotland, you got a lot of like flats and stuff in, in your city centers. So, you know, um, and, and then there's a lot of legislation in Scotland that you've got to kind of work around. So it's easier to do the, the HMO model in, in England we found. So that's, that's kind of, you know, and, and, and it's great. It diversifies our areas and, you know, um, uh, our portfolio, but which is fine. Um, but in terms of build team, so with, with our, our buy to lets up here, we've probably gone through a good three build builders, um, along the way. First one, we did realize, you know, we, we, we realized we needed to, to get someone that was fit for purpose. You know, his level of spec was maybe just that little bit higher. Um, and he was, he was 
really wanting to spend our money to make it the best possible, do the best possible job that he could, which is absolutely fine. But for what we needed, we didn't, you know, we didn't quite um, need to be at that same level. Um, so, so you know, we could we could strip it back a bit. We found someone that that was very good for a very long time. It, it basically halved our our, our refurb costs, you know. Um, mm. But unfortunately, they scaled up their business, and you know, and then you know those costs weren't quite quite as efficient. Um, but I've got a very very good builder at the moment um, that absolutely amazing, um, and he's he's very cost efficient too. Great guy. So we we get on very well. Um, in terms of HMOs, we've we've got two areas that we invest in, um, in the Greater Manchester area and in and around Coventry. So yeah, so we've actually used two different build build teams there. Um, but yeah, they they've been fairly solid. Um, I've I've realised that you know doing uh, refurbs from a distance, you know. Um, it's all about managing, you know. I've I've always said it's easy to it's actually easy to buy a house. Initially, when you get started in this journey, that that's the scary part is is actually buying the house, you know, buying the property. Um, but what I've realized is you just need money for that, you know, whether it's your own, whether it's someone else's, whether you're buying it below market value, over market value, it doesn't matter. As long as you've got the money, you can buy the house, right? Mm -hmm. I found that's the easy part. It's actually managing it, and it's you know, property is a people business. Um, you know that that's one of the skills that I've had to to work on a lot. You know, I, I'm I am quite an an introverted person by nature, but that was a skill that I've really had to develop uh, in in this, and it's been amazing. It's been it's been a great part of my journey. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you know, you you're dealing with tenants, you're dealing with lettings agents, estate agents, builders. So it's about managing people, uh, you know, and uh, expectations, and you know, so. Um, so that's that's been that's been a great learning experience too. So you mentioned way back at the beginning, and, and we kind of skipped past it. But I just want to pull you back to raising money because you, you you know obviously you did scale a portfolio, uh, a significant portfolio, quite quickly, um, and you will have had to have raised money, presumably some of that private money. So how did that sort of um, start for you and what tips would you have i guess for anybody listening about you know where they may be just looking at um i don't know you know one deal at a time whereas you you presumably weren't limited by thinking well i've only got access to this pot of money you were thinking well i'm, I'm going to go out there and i'm going to raise the money you know i'm going to find the deals and i'll raise the money yeah that's 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 actually a good good point because initially when we started like i said you know um my 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 confidence had taken a knock ego had taken a bit of a, a knock and stuff so i had a little bit of money in an investment um and that that would have got us over the line on two two deals and it did um we, we bridged them um initially and then you know so so that was enough to kind of pay for deposit and and refurb on our first two deals but we were also quite adamant because i think like i said just because of the mindset i was in at the time i'd, I'd kind of lost that you know that money that I'd invested in, in in business with my friend and stuff. We were adamant that we were going to do this on our own. We weren't going to ask for help. Um, and I think that would have been our biggest mistake that we could have made. Um, you know, we wouldn't have been anywhere near where we we are now if if that was the case. So if anyone is you know that that's listening is obviously worried about that, mm. don't you know yeah. that that is something you you definitely need to overcome um, that that little hurdle. 
And it was just through telling our story. Um, you know, we just had our second offer accepted. Um, my, my my parents were over for, for the Rugby World Cup. Um, and we were just telling them what we did. We were just excited. We weren't asking them for help. Um, and, you know, we, we went for dinner telling them about what we were doing, you know, just, just talking through the flow of money, talking about, you know, the numbers and um, telling them exactly how we were going to pull our money out of those deals and what we we're going to do and how we we're going to recycle and go on and do the next one. And, you know, the following evening, you know, my father actually said to me, look, I, I was thinking about what you said and uh, I've still got some money over here, you know, for, with uh, some of the business that I used to do, you know, in the UK. Um, and, and he was talking about maybe doing some flips together and splitting the profits. So we said, look, we, we, that, that's amazing um, that they've offered that. And we thought, look, but our model is at, at the time, it was a buy to let model. We wanted that, that income. So we said, do you mind if we put a pro proposal together for you? And, and that's exactly what we did. We, we literally went home that evening and, and we put a proposal together for him that evening uh, after dinner. And, um, that that got us going because then obviously you know once other people then saw that other friends and family members that you know that that obviously you know proved proved the model was working but um, it was like I said it, we we were like we were almost lucky that he offered because we weren't going to ask you know mm -hmm. and, and just through sh sheer stubbornness I suppose but mm -hmm. um, but it was you know and that's why I say don't don't be afraid to just tell people what you're doing and we didn't ask for the money. We were just telling them what we were doing and he saw the opportunity and other people will too. Um, and that's why we say just talk to as many people about what it is you're doing and just yeah. tell them what you're doing. And, you know, um, people want to get involved in, in property. You know, they, they really do. I've seen it over the years. Uh, when you ask someone what got them into investing in property, they'll tell you they read Rich Dad Poor Dad 10 years ago. And they, you know, they've they've been wanting to invest, but they've always thought they needed a pot of money to do it and so they want to get involved in in, in property in some way shape or form so yeah. so just tell people what it is you're doing yeah but at the same time they're, they're not you know they're not all necessarily wanting to do the the full-on side of property investment like like we are and and presumably the the the, the sell if you like not that you, you you made a hard sell but the sell to them is the you know the the rate of return that they can achieve as opposed to the um what are we on at the moment 0 0.01 is it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, with talk of negative interest rates around the corner so in that sense it's not a difficult sell is it, it, it you know it's it's not difficult to get people on board with that idea no not at all and and also you know some people you know like i said earlier on it's it's a people business you are dealing with tenants and you know you've Things aren't. Things can go wrong in your in, in your properties. Um, I I got a phone call from my my lettings agent uh, last week to say that uh, upstairs up, upstairs neighbor had a leak and you know we've had some damage to the ceiling and you know so we, we we've got the insurance guys going in there and having a look at it. So it's it's having the right temperament to deal with with those those situations yeah. and that, that that you know those those people too um you just got to stay calm and and uh and uh, in those circumstances and not not worry too much um and just take it for what it is and, and a lot but a lot of people don't want to deal with that you know um i remember chatting to a guy and, and while we were while, while i was chatting to him he got a phone call from his agent and he only had one one bite to let at the time but the the tenants that left kind of left it in a bit of a mess 
and he was ready to throw in the towel, you know, and I was like, you know, if, if that's kind of your temperament, it's, it's yeah. it, you know, this probably isn't for you. So, um, so yeah, you have to, you have to know how to also handle those situations and which is, which is fine. And some people don't want that. Like you said, Mark, they just, they, they want to invest their money. They want to know that it's safe, that they're getting a higher return on investment. And that's something we can, we can obviously provide. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what about the challenges? So, you know, th this all sounds fantastic and, you know, you built this portfolio, average one property a month, made, made the, the, the life changes so you could spend more time with your wife and your kids and everything else. But I'm sure it wasn't all plain sailing. I'm sure there were sort of challenges along the way. What, what are some of the hurdles that you might have faced or can, can you remember a specific thing that sort of tripped you up at some point and, and you had to um, you had to pivot a little bit? Yeah, we've we, we've uh, had a uh, had a couple of those, especially early on, because um, I didn't have a you know I didn't have permanent residency or indefinite leave to remain. Uh, so I was I was here on a spouse visa, um, you know, running running this business because, like I said, my wife was still um, she was also my sponsor. So that's also one of the reasons why she still remained in her work um, in her job uh, to help with with the visa situation because um, yeah. she has dual citizenship. And um, so, you know, so that was one of the reasons. But then, um, you know, like I said, she apps, she does love what she does, um, and which also helped, which was good, um, because we spoke about her joining me full time. But when it came to, when it finally came to that, she, she didn't, you know, she she was happy and quite content where yeah. she was. Um, but yes, so so that that played quite a bit a role initially, especially with mortgage ability and things like that. So we had to, we had to pivot a few times you know with in terms of how many how many shares my wife owned in the business and you know we had to get the accountant to change a few things um from a business structure point of view um and then at one point um uh, you know we we found that lending in scotland was was also a little more limiting and and you know we had to hit certain thresholds in terms of done up values with certain lenders um and that's that's really also what what kind of pushed us then to eventually go down south to England, look for those HMOs that, you know, the properties that maybe had a higher value um, so we could get, you know, different mortgage products um, that, that were then available to us. So, so yes, there were a couple of occasions where we tried to apply for a mortgage and we, we got, we got some kickback from, from some of the lenders because of just, just some criteria that we had then had to, um, you know, in our personal circumstances that we then had to try and, Try and get around um but as you go you you realize that you know it's just a little bump in the road and it, you've just got to stay calm these things are always going to happen and you know initially you panic a bit but you know if it, it, there is a solution to every problem so yeah. so yes yeah, so, that, so those those were obviously um some of the, the challenges we faced uh, initially um I, I would i would say those were probably our biggest challenges yeah okay so what about so there may be people listening now that are thinking, well, it's all right for you, Ryan. You know, when you when did you start? What 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 year did you start investing? Two thousand and fifteen. Okay, two thousand and fifteen. So you didn't have COVID to deal with. You didn't have the the crazy market conditions that people are seeing right now. So people just starting out thinking, well, you know, yeah, one property a month, brilliant. That sounds fantastic. But I know you're still actively investing. I know that that, that this hasn't sort of um, curtailed your your journey at all. So what what have you got to say about like the current market? You know, 
are you doing anything different or or not different? You know, is, is it actually the same principles apply? You know, what advice have you got for someone starting out right now? So, I mean, we, we still, you know, look at our numbers the same way. Um, yeah. You know, I still go and view the, the, the properties in the same way. Um, but we are willing to, because we've got some good angel investors on board now, um, and they're happy to, you know, we, we, we've, we've, we've tried and tested our, our, our process with them. They are happy for us to, to leave their money in, in the deals longer. Like you said, you know, they, their money is not doing anything for them in the bank. So, um, so our return on investment is slightly higher than, than it was initially, but you know, that that's absolutely fine. Um, we, we did a deal or a buy to let, we, uh, we picked up a buy to let a couple of months ago and you know our return on investment was about 33% which is still fairly high i know some people are aiming you know for 25% at the moment so we but that was more direct to vendor i got to chat to the vendor i, th I think there's a lot of opportunity with with the vendors at the moment if you can if you can cut out that middleman you know especially um, with the agents and and the things going crazy at auction and stuff you know if you can if you can try and get direct to vendor at the moment i think you know that's great so um so yeah so we um so so that was more of a direct vendor situation that that we, we were able to negotiate so we got a very good deal there um and that was once again during restrictions so we just changed our area you know we looked in our town that we were we, we live in um my wife actually spotted on right move i went and did the viewing um i was the first person in to do the viewing uh I know i know she was looking for a little more i put in my my, my offer um and you know we she negotiated a little bit higher i think we went up about, about two thousand pounds which in the greater scheme of things isn't that that bad yeah. um yeah and i mean refurbed it like i said with restrictions that they, they'd lifted a few of the restrictions so my builder was still very cautious um you know doing doing what he did so he was in and out very quickly um, and yeah, it's it's getting five hundred pounds a month rent there for a little two bedroom, um, and like I said, it's two minutes down the road from me. Yeah. Um, then uh, we've also just once again, like I mentioned earlier on, we we're doing some uh, holiday let now. Also, yeah. just you know, I know that's that's quite a hot strategy. Once again, you know, maybe paid more than we would for a buy to let on this one, but our return on investment will be higher. So we've just pivoted on the strategy. So it's just following the money, doing something different um but yeah I, look people are always going to need a roof over their heads you know that they're, they're always going to need somewhere to live so it's still a good i think property is still a good place to put your money in so if you've got money in the bank it's not doing anything absolutely just get started get yeah. get on the ladder you know um don't, don't don't worry about it um and and once once you once people start seeing what what it is you're doing you know and you're having those conversations you'll start raising more money and and getting more people involved Cool. So the the holiday let then. So that's your focus right now. That that must be exciting. Yes, definitely. Like I said, we've actually just reined it in because normally we'd be buying three of these at, at, at once and, yeah. and going crazy. But uh, we've just decided to just slow down for once, <laughs> which that's is very model. unlike us. Yeah, yeah, and just 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 test it out first. Um, it's we're we're about two weeks away from from completing the refurb. Kitchen went in last week. Um, most of the painting's done. They've just got to do some touch-ups, and uh, I've already got some furniture, uh, you know, ordered uh, that that that'll be there. But uh, this week they'll put the bathroom in. Um, flooring will go down, and then just just you know the finishing touches, like I said, the furniture and 
Um, so, so we're getting there, um, and then we got to get our systems in place. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great location. We're on the beach, you know, golf courses in the area. Um, so it's a great holiday location. Uh, we've got to we're across the road from from the yacht club and and, and the harbor, and there's a there's a fantastic restaurant there. It's it's probably the you know of, of the best restaurant we've been to in Scotland. It's it's just their food is unbelievable. Um, so yes. Uh, we, we we think our location's been absolutely perfect, so so we, we can't wait to get this up and running. And with the staycation boom that we're all uh, seeing yeah. at the moment, with travel restrictions and everything, it's a it's a good time to be getting into that market. I think, isn't it? Exactly. And and if we can take um, advantage of of a bit of the summer that we've got left, um, you know, in the golf courses in the area, hopefully we can get some some guys that are you know yeah. traveling up uh, to to play some golf. So so that'll be good. Brilliant. Fantastic. Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's been fascinating to um, to hear all about your your journey and the lessons you've learned along the way. I know listeners are going to find that really, really useful. Um, if people did want to get in touch with you or keep track of your progress, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, I, I would say Instagram. I'm probably not the most active on, on, on social media, but Instagram is probably, probably the best. Um, uh, my handle is Ryan underscore Rogers underscore invest. So Ryan Rogers invest with underscores in between. So yeah, no, but thank you for having me on Mark. Perfect. It's been a pleasure. Take care, Ryan. I'll speak to you thank soon. You. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks. Mark. Bye. I'm sure you will all agree that Ryan comes across as so humble despite everything he's achieved, but there's no question that the commitment he's made to secure a financial legacy for his family is an example to us all. Ryan is also a testament to the fact that property investment is a team game and he gave us some really useful take-home messages about the importance of education and working with a mentor. To connect with Ryan and a whole host of other active property investors, why not head over to the Property Wealth System community page on Facebook. And please like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast fix. Thanks again for listening and I will catch you on the next episode.